What's up, Doc? Good morning! Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Greetings and salutations. Hello, Poppy. Hello there. Kindly ho, neighborinos! You are cleared to land on Ducky Bay 77, a podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello and welcome to Docking Bay 77. And it's time for, well, a lot of people like to cuddle up on the sofa, coffee, hot chocolate, eggnog, and they sit down and like to watch their favorite holiday movies. Well, that's what we're going to do, sort of. We're going to talk about our top seven Christmas movies. Ho, 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 ho. Come in and know me better, man. Ho, 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 ho. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Name? Santa Claus. Name? Père Noël. Babo Natale. Père Nicole. Papa Gigio. <laughs> he looks like a deranged Easter Bunny. <laughs> does not. He does too. He looks like a pink nightmare. <laughs> to my big brother George. The richest man in town. I made my family disappear. Relax, Frank. Enjoy the ride. How do you know my name? I know absolutely everything, Frank. You see, I'm the ghost. Therefore, the post office department, a branch of the federal government, recognizes this man, Chris Kringle, to be the one and only Santa Claus. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? Okay, so joining me on this listing of Christmas movies is David Burns. How are you doing, David? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Glad to have you back. We had a lot of fun doing the Will Ferrell episode. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. It seems like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. And uh, joining me uh, also, Scott Hoffman. How are you, Scott? Hello. Happy holidays. How you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm great. It's, you know, it's a busy time of the year for me. So as, as it is for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad you guys can sit down with me and discuss this. So I know my list was kind of challenging to make. So uh, David, how did you compile your list? Well, and it wasn't easy. Um, I, I, I right off the bat, I knew what my number one was without question, without question. But it, when it came to how I'm going to order two, three, two through seven, it was pretty challenging. I'll have to say, um, right. you know, I had to sit down, really think about it, dive into it. But uh, I, what I came up with at the last, I had to let it go because I kept going back and forth. Like, okay, I got to stop here. <laughs> yeah, usually how I do my list is my number one first. This one was the exact opposite. It literally came down to juggling the top three. So, mm-hmm. all right. What about you, Scott? How'd you put yours together? Uh, well, I mean, I went through thinking about uh, what are the essential things that I have to watch? What is okay, it not right. this season if I don't see, right? The trick is that as I get further and further down the list, I was thinking about, but what are some ones that I don't usually watch that mm. I should watch that are favorites? Right. Um, and it it turned into kind of a a, a battle for seventh place. see um my list i like you know as i was working at first i was like well i'm just gonna list off seven we have to watch every year but then i was like well wait a minute um there's some that you know everybody watches so i'm gonna list some that maybe people miss some that Mm -hmm. maybe um are kind of off the radar and there's actually some that i literally just last minute kicked off the list so um (laughs) Anyway, we'll see. So my number seven was really easy just because um, anyway, you'll find out. So here we go. I'll go first. And then uh, how about Scott, you go second and then David goes third and he'll get the last one. So he'll get, hopefully his last one is really good. Cause <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> Ooh, no pressure, no, no pressure, pressure there. Right? <laughs> okay. So my number seven is my only non-traditional uh, title in the bunch. Um, and it's a uh, LA confidential. Now I know you guys are going, oh. What? Yeah, what? but but okay. the they're literally buying booze to go to the Christmas party, 
And when they're outside of the guy's house, before he goes in and beats up the wife beater, there are literally, there's Christmas decorations everywhere. So <laughs> I'm going to, you know, shoehorn that in there. And also because it's freaking LA confidential. It's that good. It has to be on this. It's not <laughs> diehard. It's not a, a lethal weapon. So it's my non-traditional Christmas movie because it's so freaking good. So well, I have to say that kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> that yeah. was my point. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's um, it's one of those people forget about. In fact, I just mentioned it to uh, well, you know, Jeff yesterday. I mentioned he's like, oh my god, that's right. They're going to a Christmas party. I said, yes, they are. So hmm. it works for my list. So nice. all right. So that was my non-traditional one. So all right. Uh, Scott, what's your number seven? Uh, well, it's not running scared, <laughs> um, but this was one where, yeah, uh, going non-traditional was exactly why seven was a tough spot. Um, right. mine is lethal weapon. Okay. And mm-hmm. I wrestle with that a bit because I, I think of it more of a buddy cop movie, uh, than I do a Christmas movie. And then I got back into watching it and I was like, well, the undertones are pretty sneaky aside from having, <laughs> you know, Christmas decorations all over the place. And, you know, um, bad guys crashing into Christmas trees and right. you know, you've got a jumper on a building with Santa watching at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that whole idea of kind of uh, welcoming rigs into the family, right. Um, that yeah. last little symbol of hope where he hands over a wrapped bullet and says, I don't need it anymore. Um, that's a, you know, it's, it's pretty violent, obviously, uh, but it's, it's a good message for the, the season yeah. um, that helps people kind of remember that, that underlying meaning of hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. That's good. Good, good choice. Very yeah, good. good. I mean, there's even that, there's even one scene that takes place in a, you know, on a Christmas tree lot. So, I mean, come on, there's, there's Christmas right. everywhere throughout this movie. So it's not like, uh, <laughs> it's not like, you know, in, in running scared, you're like, is it Christmas? Is it whatever? You know, no. <laughs> well, and it, it beat out so many other kind of almost picks, right. Just because it's one that I know that I have watched several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, like t- countless numbers of times, um, <laughs> you know, and, and just kicked off a, a great franchise and just had right. other kind of implications beyond Christmas. But yeah, that one, that one had to make the cut. Nice. Right. Very cool. All right, David, what's your number seven? I love, first off, I love the fact that every one of us went with a non-traditional <laughs> film yes. for number seven. It is <laughs> fantastic. And it just shows how the three of us think. I love right? it. My number seven without question is Gremlins. Nice. <laughs> all right very good um takes place obviously during christmas mm-hmm. um just the story that phoebe cates gives absolutely about her father uh how yeah. you know it just you know, heart-wrenching in the middle of this uh chaos that we're seeing in the in the town with all the gremlins taking over um and you know and it's got to go you know it was written what was that uh, john hughes i believe no 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 excuse me chris columbus correct right. yep yes yep. chris columbus yes um and directed by Joe Dante. And you, of course, you have the wonderful music from uh, Jerry Goldsmith. Right. You just can't go wrong with that combination well, absolutely. Um, at, at all. You know, and it, it, it had a good message, you know, at the end. Um, but yes, that's my tra- non-traditional uh, Christmas movie that I watch every year. Yeah. The message is we're not ready for a Mogwai. That's the message. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Careful what you shop for. Right. <laughs> I am so glad that you put Gremlins on your list, though, because <laughs> I, I wrestled with that at my number seven. And mm-hmm. the scene that kept popping up in my head. Uh, out of everything was the gremlins caroling. Yeah. That's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, it was on my list too. It was on my short list and um, it unfortunately got the boot. I was actually hoping somebody would put it on their list so I wouldn't feel so bad. So all right. there. it worked out. Yeah, it did. All right. Very cool. Okay. So now we're coming around to number six. Uh, now my number six is actually relatively recent. It's from 2019. Um, it's a Netflix film, and it's my only animated one on the list. It's uh, Klaus. Now, have you, hmm. either of you seen this? No, no. Okay. Not. It is very, very good. Um, the cast alone is worth seeing. You have uh, J.K. Simmons plays Santa, or Klaus, technically. Um, you have Jason Schwartzman, uh, Rashida Jones, uh, Will Sasso, Norm MacDonald in his last role. And it's about this uh, postman who's really bad in the Academy gets sent to the worst possible location to uh, open up a, uh, their post office there. And of course, since, well, I'm a mail carrier, it kind of rings very true to me. And uh, while he's there, he comes across this recluse toy maker named Klaus. 
So it's an alternate origin story of Santa Claus. Hmm. And um, he starts making the toys and the postman helps him deliver the toys to the kids and it saves this little town. And it's a very sweet story. The animation is very, very good. And it's from a first time director uh, named, let me get it right, uh, Sergio Pablos. Um, it's actually his own production company that made it too. So it's actually very, very good. Uh, my wife and I watched it last year. Um, it, it was actually out for a year before we watched it and we were uh, surprised at how good it was. So um, I had to pick an animated one and this was surprising. So, hmm. so there you go. Definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. Cool. And where is that? Netflix. Netflix. Fantastic. Yep. I'll write yep. that down. All right. All right. So number six, uh, Scott. Uh, so my number six is um, a little non-traditional, even though it's made for that, you know, kind of season, but uh, love actually I had to put on the list. Mm. Oh, good one. Um, yeah. Good one. I struggled. I struggled one. with that one. Now it's interesting because that one had to be toward the bottom of the list because it's obviously not one that I watch with the family all the time. I mean, if you see the, the Martin <laughs> Freeman scenes alone, you're kind of like, <laughs> right. what, what do we see in there? Um, yeah. right. But uh, specifically as, as heartbreaking as it is. Uh, and as much as I hate seeing what happens to her, mm. uh, the, um, the vignette with uh, Emma Thompson yes, and Alan Rickman yes, without a doubt. I love Emma Thompson so much. And obviously Alan Rickman and you get a little Rowan Atkinson thrown in there too, but um, <laughs> it's just so well done. Yes, uh, absolutely. But, and I, when I looked it up and I, you know, obviously I haven't seen it uh, yet uh, the season, but when I'm, looking at the listing of all the different vignettes i'm like oh yeah the guy who goes to america <laughs> that was fantastic <laughs> right uh hugh grant and that whole kind of love story right. that he goes through and um just so many things that became kind of iconic yeah um it's one that uh when i think of it though and i look at the box art it makes me think of these other kind of pseudo holiday movies that they right. seem to make by just like mm-hmm. let's just dump a bunch of people in for like Valentine's Day and right. Arbor Day. There's New Year's Eve. And I never want to see those movies, which is interesting because I like Love Actually so much. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um, I actually love the Liam Neeson story. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, you know the husband loses his wife and has to deal with his uh, stepson. Yeah. And uh, of course, which is awesome because you see him and you, it's Ferb from Phidias and Ferb, which makes that even funnier. I love that little story of how he's trying to work through his grief and he's trying to work with his son who's fallen in love with, uh, you know, a girl at school. And yeah, the, the uh, Hugh Grant section, I mean, there's, there actually isn't one vignette in there that I, I don't enjoy. Um, and I love how they're all intertwined, you know, how yeah, yeah, it's just so much fun. And yeah, it's a great one. And uh, man, it was what's the name from The Walking Dead? Um, crap. Oh, Andrew Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. he looks yeah, so freaking surprise. young. Yeah, he, yeah, he so was. <laughs> well, they yeah. all were. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, well, that's it. That's a great one. You just made me like it a lot more, a hell of a lot more, because you said that Ferb from Phineas and Ferb in there. Yeah, I, I that cartoon is genius, isn't it? Though I love Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's, fantastic. All right. <laughs> great choice. All right, David, you're uh, number six. So my number six, I'm going a little bit more traditional this time, but there's a little story behind why I chose this one to be in my top seven. So the three of us are brothers of Suncoast. Absolutely. So we all do remember the days of when we got all the holiday movies in, we set them up and we were able to open up a few of them and play them, you know, in the store and we would watch them over and over and over religiously. Well, this one we got to play, but there's one scene in the movie I remember, you know, very vividly <laughs> that we had to turn down uh, because there's some curse words that, that, that happened when he freaks out. <laughs> so my number six is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Right. Um, it, it it just has such great comedy in it. Um, Chevy Chase, obviously, um, you know, I know he was a tough actor to work with, but he did so well uh, in these movies. And, and this movie just was just so much fun. You know, it, it's what I wanted my family to be, you know, to, to have that kind of fun, to deck <laughs> my house out like he did. You know, he went all the way out of his way to, you know, decorate his house and he wanted to pass it on to his kids. And, you know, they really didn't want anything to do with it. No. Um, and, and of course, this was a very young Johnny Galecki from uh, right. Big Bang Theory. He played yeah. Rusty. 
Uh, and Juliette Lewis, very, very young before yes. her career took off. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a lot of fun in this movie, um, just all around. So that's why I picked it as my number six. Now, um, what cracks me up about that one is that was supposed to be directed by Christopher Columbus. Yes. And uh, he, Chevy Chase was so hard to work with. Yep. And, and Columbus calls out Hughes and says, I can't work with this guy. So he's like, okay, well, we're making this other one called Home Alone. Why don't you direct that one instead? So <laughs> yep. it worked out, didn't it? We got them both. So, hey, why It not? worked out perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that's, it is a lot of fun. That does make it into our regular rotation. I remember years ago um, when uh, VCRs were still a thing and my uh, brother recorded uh, Christmas Vacation. And I swear that thing, we must have watched it all year round. It was mm-hmm. all, I mean, at least, at least two or three times a week, all year round. And it's amazing. I don't hate that movie, but, uh, <laughs> but no, you're, it's, it's a fun movie. It's a, it's a good family movie because yep. it, you know, kind of, you know, you get the grandparents come over or the in-laws come over and everything kind of falls apart, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So uh, we're at number five, right? Yep. I keep track. Okay. Yes. Good. I'm so good at this. Right. Okay. So. <laughs> This is my only uh, classic movie choice, I guess. Um, anything classic as far as before 1970, I guess would call it. Um, even though p- things from the 70s are now and 80s are now considered classic, which is making me feel old. But anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, the 1947 Miracle on 34th Street. This one, I actually saw the remake first. And the remake was fun. You know, you had some good people in it. It was a good story. And, you know, uh, Attenborough was very, very good as Chris Kringle. Mm-hmm. But after watching this one, I kind of felt that, you know, Maureen O'Hara and, and the, of course, you know, a, a eventual star and one that burned out way too soon, Natalie Wood. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed this Chris Kringle. I really liked the characters in this one. And I remember when I was a kid, I always kind of had a hard time watching older films because I always thought the pacing was so much slower than what I was used to watching this one. Um, I didn't feel that, you know what I mean? I, you know, I, yeah, I was probably in my late twenties when I first when I got around to seeing it, but this mm-hmm. one still moves very well. I like the characters. Um, the guy that befriends, uh, the, he's basically a kid that befriends Chris Kringle. And he says, he likes to dress up as Santa Claus and hand out, you know, toys. And I like that one. I liked uh, the, the guy in HR that, you know, you know, he's always picking at his eyebrow and has his own little problems, but yet he calls everybody else crazy. You know, there's just, there's so much fun in this movie and, and considering the time it was made, um, it still holds up. It's one of those, you know, truly classic movies that doesn't matter how old it gets. It's still, mm-hmm. you still like to watch it and you still helps it. It makes you want to believe in Chris Kringle and Santa Claus. And that's what this one does for me. Good choice. Yep. That's a good pick. I like that you pulled out a uh, a black and white. Yes. Because yeah. it's it's nice to do that every once in a while. It doesn't happen every Christmas season, but kind right. of like stepping into another era and how they used to celebrate Christmas and things that still hold true today. So it has right. some kind of yeah, I, there. Yeah, I actually struggled between this one um and it's a wonderful life. So yeah. uh, it was it came down to the two of them. And this one was just more Christmassy, I guess, in my head, you know. Yeah, but it is that's yeah. Yes. So, all right, there you go. All right. So Scott, you're number five. Yeah. So, um, Scrooged, another Richard Donner, <laughs> another Richard my, Donner. That's my number five too. So we're going to be talking for this one for a little bit. There we go. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> See? No, nothing uh, wrong with that. So, um, but yeah, I, it's just, it's another one that honestly, like these bottom three, I don't watch them every Christmas. I mm-hmm. want to, but there are parts of it that are straight out terrifying. And with an eight-year-old, I don't know if that's the greatest idea, but uh, just so many amazing performances in here. You've got yes. uh, Karen Allen, obviously, Bill Murray, obviously, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, I think, did an amazing job. And right. kind of, like, it's the first time I had seen him in that kind of, he's not being like crazy hair Bobcat, but yeah. he's still kind of in that same kind of style. And I think yep. it had a great kind of, uh, application of that in this one, uh, Carol Kane. Um, <laughs> She's actually Buster, my favorite ghost. Yeah, my favorite ghost. Uh, Buster Poindexter. I quote him all the time, saying Niagara Falls, <laughs> Frank. <laughs> <Hill, laughs> Niagara Falls. Yep. Um, and uh, I mean, so many uh, like quotable. Have you tried Staples? Like <laughs> stuff like that. And then that uh, the um, 
seeing Bill Murray take serious turns in it when he has those kind of emotional moments, like right, with yeah. the uh, the guy that he tries to help on the streets that he finds frozen in a sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's just heartbreaking. So then when he turns around and has that turn at the end and has that kind of epiphany, uh, you can see it come through. Um, yeah. And I thought it was very well done. Did a great job of like, you know, using the Lee Majors Christmas special to kind of <laughs> look at how kind of things are turned on its ear right. uh, for Christmas. But um, I, I loved reading a, a story I didn't know until tonight um, that uh, when they were filming it, apparently uh, Richard Donner was told that uh, by the Paramount executives, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, that they wanted people to work through Christmas Day. <laughs> so he found a loophole. And fired the entire cast and crew on the <laughs> night of the 24th and then rehired them on the 26th. That's awesome. So That's as brilliant. The, as the father of Christopher Reeves, uh, Superman, I have so much more admiration for Richard Donner. Right. Yep. Right. Now, I actually, I heard, too, that uh, his uh, that um, Bill Murray's epiphany at the end when he takes over the live TV show uh, was actually that chaotic when they actually shot it because he was just, you know, ad living a whole bunch of stuff, so, you know, mm-hmm. improving a yeah. lot of that. And, you know, Donner was kind of like, well, he's not going to listen. Might as well just shoot it. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Keep rolling. Yeah. Keep, Keep rolling. rolling with it. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's a great choice. It's um, it's nice, a nice take on uh, a Christmas Carol. Yeah. See, that's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I put it in my top seven, you know, Christmas Carol has done been done so much over the years that I'm just tired of it. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. Muppets did a really good job too. Don't get me wrong. Right. But uh, Scrooge was just a, a, you know, an, a modern telling of it that just made it so much better. Yeah. But, you know, let's not forget about Miss Anne Ramsey, who was in this, who played oh, Mama yes. Fratelli in the Goonies. Yes. Oh, right. Um, yeah. That's that right. lady was so talented. And unfortunately, we lost her, you know, after she did throw Mama from the train. But, you know, she, she had a good role in it, too. Even though it was a small one, she still had a pretty decent role in it because she's yeah. a very talented actress. That's actually yeah. a very good scene when he shows up there and they're obviously all have problems and they keep calling him, you know, Dick, you know, he's <laughs> Richard Burton and everything. And that's just, you know, that whole section is is funny, you know, because at yeah. first you think maybe Bill Murray's going to turn around here. And you're like, nope, same guy, <laughs> same cross. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. All right. Well. So you said that was your number five. You have anything else to say about it, David? No, not really. I mean, <laughs> uh, Scott pretty much touched on all the big stuff. And it's funny that Scott has two Richard Donner films in his top seven. Yeah. Well, that was not that. intentional. But... <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So we're coming to come around to my number four, which we're going to continue uh, a Christmas Carol, but uh, the Muppet version, you know, because, well, it's the Muppets. So it yes. has to be on my list. And I took a chance knowing this was probably going to be on Scott's list. So we're going <laughs> to, yeah. and that's, that's it's, okay. It's my number four. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is hilarious. Um, wow. Uh, you know, you know, good minds look alike. Right. So it, I remember seeing this in the theater when it came out. Um, I was actually going to Miami university and I was on campus and they had this really small theater there. I can't remember. It was like three or four screens. And um, the, the, the house I saw this one in, it had like eight, nine rows and the room was so small. I mean, it was literally 20 feet from the screen to the back door and how it's how extreme the rows were. But uh, I saw it and I was apprehensive because it was a first feature film without Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I didn't quite know what to expect, but I got to say, I love how Gonzo got to be the host, how he was, you know, uh, Charles Dickens as a blue fuzzy, whatever. And, um, you know, of course you get Rizzo, but I just, uh, Michael Caine as, you know, as Ebenezer was a great choice, was an inspired choice. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And of course, like I said, you know, it's my, it's my favorite version of Christmas Carol. Mm. So, yep. And well, so Scott, why don't yeah. you continue on? Cause it's your number four. Hey, as, well. as, as my number four. Yeah. I got to <laughs> agree with everything that you said. Those are great points. Um, I don't remember when I first saw it, but I know that, uh, you know, as a big Muppet house and obviously my, my son's a studying as a professional puppeteer. And uh, so what always dazzles me about these things um, and I got to give hats off to Brian Henson 
his directorial debut mm-hmm. did an amazing job with this, but just mm-hmm. the, um, the, the set pieces, the, um, what they add to the story right. with the visual effects, with the puppetry. Like I, I looked up how the ghost of Christmas past had that kind of floaty ethereal kind of nature to her. Wasn't she mm-hmm. in water? Yeah. It was a, yeah. Uh, an aquatic, uh, but it's kind of, it's like I've said in the past, it's, it's not, Oh, I see how they did it. And now I can't stop seeing it. It's more like, I know how they did it. And I, I'm still not looking for it because right. it brings you so much into it. Yep. Um, that, and uh, probably my favorite uh, ghost of Christmas present by far. Yeah. Right there uh, with you. Such an amazing, like that gargantuan kind of figure. Yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, I love how uh, Gonzo and Rizzo help to to narrate it all the way through, and they mm-hmm. give they add that kind of prosaic kind of nature to it. Right. Uh, so if anybody wanted to go back and read them, they certainly could. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Michael Caine uh, did an amazing job. I know that he uh, <laughs> apparently he uh, he pestered Henson and the the production company. Uh, because he wanted to do it so badly. <laughs> but then again, when he was uh, talking about doing it, he was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do this like the Muppet show. I'm not going to Muppet up for you. I'm not going to hand to the camera or anything else like that. Going to play it straight. Like I'm, you know, Royal Shakespeare company uh, kind of production mm-hmm. uh, did an amazing job with that, but Absolutely. also hit the comedic timing, like the, uh, the heat wave scene <laughs> where the rats goes, my island in the sun you know right, right, right. Um, it was just just fantastic so we watch that every year it's the christmas carol that we always go back to yep um so that remains my favorite version of it i'm not I, surprised that uh, scott put that on this list at all well, I, I, I expected to. it for sure yeah I, as, my son would I. come yeah my yeah. son would come after me if i didn't <laughs> well i i find it funny that i actually my favorite ghost in both ones we talked about is Christmas present. I don't know why that is, but it's Carol Kane. And then, you know, the big, yeah, the big, <laughs> the giant, I don't know. He's just, you know, come in and know me better, man. I just love that guy. You know, I just, I yeah. want to give him, I just want to give him a hug. So, yeah. well, and the way that he kind of ages through it yes. too is mm-hmm. another yes. interesting, like subtle thing that they do that you don't notice until it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just love that aspect of it. Absolutely. It just goes to show you when they're nailing the art, when you lose yes. track of what's going yes. on on the screen, you know, they nailed it at that point. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right. Um, David, you're number four. Well, I'm going to have to go off the rails here from, from the Muppets, obviously. So well, that's okay. Uh, so uh, this is going to be my first animated that I'm going to be in my top seven. Okay. Um, and that is how the Grinch stole Christmas from 1966. Okay. Um, the reason why I chose this one is, I mean, I, I, I took this one into consideration because of the mere fact, let's be honest here. 99.9% of everybody in this world knows how the Grinch stole Christmas. Right. But I have a lot of fond memories of it when I was a little kid of, of watching it. Because, I mean, when I was really little, the, the Grinch really freaked me out. You know, I didn't want to be the Grinch. You know, I wanted to have a, a big heart, you know, and, and love <laughs> Christmas and, and love things, you know. So that's why I emotionally attached myself to this film. But come on, let's be honest. Boris Karloff, who, who uh, narrated it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. So, you know, that, that's the reason why I had to put that one in my top seven. And I give it to the fourth spot just because of that mere fact. Well, I can ask a question. Yeah. Quick question on that. You said the Grinch freaked you out. Was it yeah. the animated Chuck Jones? I think, I think, yes, I think so. And did you know that before the book or was it the other way around? No, the other way around. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I find it interesting how many times um, they've attempted to, capture that again um mm-hmm. I, I am not a fan of the jim carrey ron howard version uh i like what they were trying to say in that yeah. version but i really i don't watch that one let's just put it that way uh yeah. once once was enough for me on that one and i <laughs> i haven't seen the uh the other the more recent animated one um with uh, cumberbatch H- have either of you seen that one no yeah. no okay. i really want reason- to because i heard it's good i just yeah. but i'm afraid yeah, that I'll compare it to the to the original. So that's that's the problem because when Ron Howard brought his live action version out, I, it worried me because I loved the uh, animated from 1966 so much. And you know, I think 1966 version is only like what 26 minutes or something. It's like really short, isn't it? 
Yeah. I thought it was right. Yeah. Isn't it? Four, I thought it was closer to 40. It might be. I can't. It, remember. it was somewhere in yeah. that neighborhood, yeah. but it's not as long as you, th- as you right. think it would be because it was made for TV, obviously. So they had to leave room for commercials and stuff like that, <laughs> <laughs> of course. But well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that one. You know, I, the, the live action worried me when I saw it. It was okay, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't need to see it anymore. Yeah. Once was enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the only the only credit that I'll give the Jim Carrey version is when he does the big smile. That makes me think of the Chuck Jones like true. Okay, yeah, gets right. The idea and the yeah. Chuck Jones animation where it kind of continues to like spiral in the corners of his mouth. Yeah, uh, but it still wasn't enough. It was still yeah. like so manic. It was like watching the Grinch on cocaine or something. <laughs> yeah, it was like you know, it's like you know, might as well just be the mask in at Christmas time is what it yep. kind of felt like. But I will say, yep. I loved I loved their uh, version of Max the dog. Yes, you know, yep. I really liked him. So there you go. All right, uh, number three. All right, so this is my um, we'll call it my family pick as far as um, uh, a movie about a family. I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it, and that would be uh, the Family Stone uh, with uh, Craig T. Nelson and uh, Dermot mm-hmm. Maroney and Sarah Jessica Parker, and of course, um, you know Diane Keaton and a bunch of other people. It's it's in our regular rotation. And we've actually watched it outside of the holiday season uh, every once in a while. But I really like how there's so many characters in the movie. And I think anybody watching this movie can relate to at least one or more of the people in the movie. And I think we've all been in Sarah Jessica Parker's position, you know, meeting uh, the family of the person you're dating, you know, for the first mm-hmm. time. And it, it's usually on a holiday, whether it be Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, or a birthday or whatever. And the awkwardness you feel and the, the, the desire to impress and, and everything else. And there's just so many funny scenes in the movie and so many, so much touch, so much emotions and it's touching and it's heartfelt. Um, it's not a by far a perfect movie. And in fact, towards the end, it kind of, there's a few things that happen. I'm like, I don't understand why this makes any sense because it doesn't, but I don't care. Um, I like the characters. I I like the story. Um, I'm fully invested in the, the character arcs in here. And it really kind of proves how, or shows you how complicated family is, mm-hmm. but also how important it is. So um, the family stone is my number three. That's a great pull. Yeah. I, so I know this is not a, <laughs> it's not a video <laughs> podcast, but that poster, right? The poster for Family Stone does such a good job because it's just the the ring finger with the engagement ring on it, right? You know what is happening in the movie as soon as you see that, and it makes me do a double take every time. Very right. clever, right? <laughs> well, then like the box art for the DVD, it's just um, it's just a collage of all the characters, which tells you nothing, but it's right. It's important because of all the people that are in it, I guess. And mm-hmm. and um, uh, Scott, you're number three. Yeah, this is tough. When I get into the top three, I'm like, I'm actually changing the list as I go here. Because um, I'm like, but wait a second, how do I? So I'm going to go with, um, oh. all right, num- number three will be Die Hard. Oh, okay. all right. Okay. Now, um, the only reason that it goes to number three um, and there's there's special meaning assigned to each of the top three. And um, this one is one that is always the start of my holiday season. If I okay. don't hear the Christmas season has not started for me until I hear <laughs> Christmas and Hollis being <laughs> right. blasted uh, from a limousine. Um, That's usually my ringtone at Christmas time. It's Christmas and Hollis. So there you go. Nice. Good. <laughs> um, first time I ever saw this movie was with uh, my mom in the movie theater. Um, and uh, I know that at the time, whether it was appropriate or not, we were watching Moonlighting a lot. Right. And um, love that show. See this. Yes. Went to see this movie and I don't know what we were expecting. I think my, uh, my sister was on a date. And so <laughs> mom and I were in another theater watching this and she was like, Oh, okay, we'll watch that. Cause you like that guy. And I remember so many like, Oh dear. Oh, oh there's a lot here. Uh, but she loved it. She loved it. She was so into it. And it was uh, a a great memory. I will never forget seeing that with mom in the movie theater, but Hmm. um, there's, there's so much that I associate with Christmas with this movie. I never watch it any other time of the year. Um, But, you know, John coming home 
uh, the party at Nakatomi Plaza. There are so many kind of set pieces that are, you know, iconic to Christmas, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, I was amazed at how they had turned this, uh, but in, turned an action movie into such an iconic Christmas movie for so many people. Um, I don't know. There's just, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Just, right. I love Die Hard. I've got to watch it every holiday. Well, and there's so yeah. much debate today. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is it not well, yeah. a Christmas oh, movie? It even, is. It is. It, it is. Even Bruce Willis said it's not, which makes yeah. me laugh. But right. I remember seeing it in a theater in um, my oldest friend in the world, uh, Chris, he took me to the theater to see it. And um, I was just blown away. And it's such a great action movie. Yep. And the fact that um, it went through, so if you haven't seen it, check out the movies that made us um, yes, when they talk about good. this, it's really yes. interesting how it got made. And the fact that, I mean, let's be honest, Bruce Willis at that point as an action hero, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? But he wasn't every guy guy, you know, he wasn't, yes, you know, he wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't Rambo. He wasn't all the, he was, he was just a, a guy in a, in a wife beater tank top. Yeah. So, and yeah, it's, and it's a great, and of course you got Alec Rickman for the first time who went on with such a great freaking career. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It is a Christmas movie. And I know a lot of people that say it's not Christmas until you see him fall off the, off of the (laughs) plaza. It's true. Yeah. And not not to go on, not to go on a tangent there, but uh, the whole Alan Rickman thing is how he did not expect to fall at that time, which is why you get the true reaction from his face. Yes. (laughs) He was falling. Yeah. 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 And the, the helicopters flying through uh, downtown LA, they had literally had like a couple hours to shoot that whole section because, you know, and they pulled it off and it just shows, goes to show that sometimes, you know, when it comes right down to it, I'll just shoot it and see how it comes out (laughs) because it it worked, you know, right. Right. Fix it in post, you know, (laughs) exactly. Yep. Well, I mean, you've got a story of brotherhood with, you know, Sergeant Al Powell. You can't right. mention Die Hard without so, talking well, about Al Powell. Absolutely not. The um, the kind of the estrangement of John and Holly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's intentional. You can't have a Christmas movie without a lady named Holly in there. <laughs> but, um, you know, it it adds so much more to the tension of the movie and you right. wanting him to get through it. He has so yeah. many vulnerabilities. I mean, he's walking around barefoot on glass, which is amazing. Which is an amazing section. Absolutely, and it's just this journey to get home for Christmas. Yep, yep. So I yep. love it. <laughs> All right, David, your number three. Well, I feel kind of. Uh, I don't know if I want to talk about my number three now to talk about Die Hard. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, my my <laughs> my number three is is going back to traditional, and, and pretty much the next three are pretty traditional for me. And the reason for that is just because I have such fond memories of watching some of these with my parents. And, and growing up, right. um, my number three, it gets played on TV so much during the holidays. So people are so freaking tired of it. And to this day, I don't really watch it every Christmas just because it's on all the time. But of course, my number three is, you know, somebody who wants a BB gun. Right. And, you know, you're going to shoot your eye out, kid. So <laughs> clearly my number three is a Christmas story. Right. Um, it just it just it's such again, you know, talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, you know, and it, it's, it's got good heart behind it. Yeah. You know, you, you've got a family, you know, who, who, who cares about one another, you know, and it's just and I, I believe it. The house is in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's still there to this day. Yeah. Um, and you I'm can actually, visit, actually I've actually I've actually been past the Chinese restaurant where they go have their uh, Christmas Day <laughs> meal. So nice. Nice. And of course, you know, the the, the leg lamp. Come on. You know, fragile. Oh, must be Italian. You know, <laughs> it, 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 there's so much good stuff in that movie. It, it, it really is. And, you know, I, I fond memories of it as I was a kid watching it at Suncoast all the time. Um, all the time. Was yep. one, all the time. Um, but, you know, again, it's just like how the Grinch stole Christmas. You know, m- majority of the people you mentioned this movie. They're going to be, oh, yeah, I, I know what movie you're talking about. Right. Everybody right. knows it, you know. Well, it's yeah. it's it's funny you mentioned that because actually that's going to be. My number two. So nice. if there's anything that Scott wants to say, you go ahead and then I'll, <laughs> I'll pick it up. <laughs> well, I, I have such an association with watching that movie at school. Yeah. Like okay. back when they wanted to like, you know, oh, we're having holiday things. We all just want to shut down. So we're going to wheel the TV on the cart <laughs> right. with the yep. VCR and we're going to pop this in. And that's <laughs> that's what I associate most with this movie, aside from like calling back to the Suncoast days of, you know, mm-hmm. when they were kind of reviving that whole thing. And then you're seeing right. leg lamps everywhere, everywhere. Absolutely. They're everywhere. And there's yep. so many classic scenes from this movie. Yeah. There well, really are. And that's why, um, cause that's why it, it is my number two. Um, I think 
every kid has been in Ralphie's shoes. There's always that one been that one present that you have to have. It's you know, mm-hmm. really, I mean, yeah, you'll get other stuff, but it's the one, it's the, you know, the Holy grail, as he even says, Holy grail of Christmas gifts. And, you know, I knew somebody who didn't like the movie because it was a BB gun. I said, but you're missing the point. It's not, right. it's it, whatever it is to everybody else. I mean, I've, I had things when I was a kid that I had to have for Christmas and when it was there under the tree, you were thrilled and then Christmas was perfect and whatever else. So exactly. And I think, you know, with the, with the bullies, and, you know, and getting chased all the time there's, and then decorating the Christmas tree. What always blows me away though, is that they decorate the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve. And I'm like, was that, was that, a, was that a <laughs> thing? Does, because does that? I mean, well, cause I wonder, cause I mean, with a live tree, yeah, it's only good for a certain amount of time. So I need to look that up and see if that was a thing like years ago, because it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't in my lifetime. <laughs> but uh, what, one of the things I really love about the movie is uh, Darren McGavin as the dad. Mm-hmm. The whole movie, he's he's grumpy and he's you know you almost call him a Grinch because of yeah. how he is, but it's him that hurt his son and and said you know what I'm going to get him to be begun. And then when him and his wife are sitting there, at, you know, Christmas night, looking out at the snow and only being illuminated by the Christmas tree lights, mm-hmm. and you can truly tell, yes, they do love each other. And I love that how that ends, and I think that's really really makes it whole for me that you, you spend the whole movie thinking something about the dad. And at the very end, you realize, you know what? He actually does have a heart. That's pretty yep. cool. So, and has either one of you seen the TV show, the Goldbergs? Yes. Yes. So the father yep. in that reminds me so much of the father from a Christmas story. Okay. Pretty much exactly what you oh, described yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. The same father. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, all right. So, that was my number two. So Scott, you're number two. Now you just shifted them around. Now I'm curious. <laughs> uh, well, and I'm doing even more shifting because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know what Dave's number one is going to be. So do I segue from that? But uh, I don't think it. you know what my number one um, is going to be. So, so my number two is going to be Elf. Okay. Um, and one of the number one spots had to be reserved uh, for that. Uh, John Favreau, my enormous fan. Uh, That's awesome. Man- Awesome. Mandalorian chef yeah. is an amazing movie. The chef show is fantastic, mm-hmm. but what he did with this um, is so amazing. Like it's, it's my favorite Will Ferrell movie ever. It's right. absolutely kind of a, um, it's an encapsulation of Christmas joy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In right. One absolutely. person, an amazing Santa Claus with Ed Asner. Yep. Um, right. right. <laughs> great quotable moments. Uh, Zoe Deschanel. Uh, am I saying your name right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty close. Sure. Zoe <laughs> Lo- loved her in uh, New Girl. Uh, loved mm. discovering her in this, um, and just the way that they kind of capture all that childlike kind of enthusiasm. Yes. Right. Um, the way that he goes, like you know, crazy with kind uh, of the decorations in the store, <laughs> uh, <laughs> jumping on the Christmas tree. Um, talking to his dad about like, we're going to make waffles and have snow angels and all this other <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, but that the way that they kind of take James Conn and kind of remember, remind him of the reason that you're doing all this kind of stuff. And I know right. it's yep. semi cheesy, but the, that, that vehicle works really well at that time of the season to say yeah, like, right. all right, I know there's a lot of BS going on. I know there's a lot of busyness that gets us to this place, mm-hmm. but remember why you're here. Yeah, um, I think it does a, a, a great job. So, yeah. kind, kind of talk about what you're, you're you're mentioning there, Scott. So, as you as a three, you, you two know, it's it's hard to find that magic bullet anymore when it comes to holiday movies, right? Holiday movies are very Christmas movies in, in general are very very hard to find that magic button or magic bullet, whatever you want to call it, that works on screen. And if you notice, I mean, in the last, what, 15 years, we've not really had a lot. And they do a lot of Christmas movies still. And they seem to not be able to find that formula. Well, Elf was one of those exceptions that hit the magic bullet and, and, and it fit that formula so well. And, and I'm not going to you know, deny that the Polar Express is one that hit it, too. 
Mm-hmm. And just recently with Kurt Russell, the Christmas Chronicles. I don't know. Right. If you've seen that, which oh, which, too. It's, which yeah. actually was on my list and it didn't quite make it. But that's it's a, it's actually a very, very good version. It uh, really very, very is. Of Santa Claus. Yeah. So. And, you know, that one caught me by surprise because I really didn't know much about it. I didn't know Netflix was doing, you know, a Christmas movie. So I was like, oh, whatever, because I, I just got that, you know, no one can find that great formula anymore when it comes to Christmas movies. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this one's really good. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But to go back, yeah, Elf hit all of that. And, you know, that was kind of a surprise movie, too, because, you know, we kind of talked, uh, you know, about that date when we did the Will Ferrell stuff. Right. We mentioned Elf in that, um, you know, it is a very good Will Ferrell movie. I will admit it. Um, he did an excellent job in that movie. So I completely agree with that. It is not in my top seven, surprisingly enough. But see, I, 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 see, I purposely yeah. didn't put it on my list because I knew one of I'm glad Scott put it on his list because then if you didn't do it, then nobody would have put it on there. So I had to right. do it. I'm right. glad. I'm glad. There was another one, a recent one, um, called uh Noel. And uh Anna Kendrick plays Noel, who's the sister to the heir apparent of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. She's an elf or whatever, but the 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 brother is so bad at it, and then she ends up kind of because she's so good at Christmas, I guess. And, and then she ends up kind of having to take over and becoming the first uh, woman Santa Claus. And it's actually a very cute movie and done very well. Um, not quite as engaging as, as Christmas Chronicles, but it was actually for a recent uh, Christmas movie. It's actually pretty good too. So mm, Nice. Okay. So worth checking out. I will. So, all right. So I lost track. Uh, it's, David, it's right? Yes, That's right. Yes, David, you're number me. two. Yes. Right. So um, we're going to go back to another animation and it's, it's more, I guess, claymation than it is animation. So you're probably know where I'm going to go with this. <laughs> um, it's the 1964 TV movie, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, <laughs> again, um, extreme fond memories of this movie when I was a little kid that it, it, it forced me to like, every time I'd watch this movie around Christmas, because it comes on TV every year, mm-hmm. it, it's probably going to be on right before Thanksgiving or around that time. But I, it always brought the magic of Christmas to me. It brought the mm-hmm. spirit. It brought everything. And, you know, I would always run around singing the song. And I would, I would play with my parent, my mother's ornaments and, you know, pretend. Because at that time, we didn't have any Rudolph ornaments like we have mm-hmm. today. Right. Um, so I would play with anything I could find to reenact the scenes from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, and it's just, just such a good, catchy movie. Again, it had such wonderful heart to it because, you know, with, with what was going on, they were picking on him, uh, picking on the elf, and those two find one another. Um, you know, it, it's just such a good claymation, such a good animated, whatever you want to call it. And that's the reason why I gave it the number two spot. I find it amusing that it came, it follows right after Elf because uh, the look of Rudolph Lerner was the inspiration for the look of Elf, you know, the costumes and everything else. So, yeah. yeah. Um, which obviously, if you're paying attention, it's kind of hard not to notice. So. It is. You're right. right. Yep. What's no, the name of the snowman again? Leon? Leon. Yeah. 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 I need yeah. that snowman, Dave. I need that snowman. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> yep. I know why. Uh, yeah. The, the, the Rankin Bass universe. Um, yeah. What they yeah. did for that season is just unmistakable. I mean, in my head, a lot of those blend together. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. They do. Which has which. But um they they did such amazing things and it is such an ownable niche in that. Yeah. Like it's when you even mentioned, like, is it claymation? Is it stop motion? I'm not exactly sure the distinction, but I mean, there is a very specific style and yeah, you, yeah. T- you totally see that in elf. You do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you do. And to, to go a little bit further, not to go all like sappy or drama drama, but anyone who knows me obviously knows I have a prosthetic leg. So mm-hmm. when Rudolph found the, the misfits, Right. It gave me more of a connection to that story, which is, you know, made me love it even more as a little kid. So because I felt like I was a misfit myself. So, you know, it's just another reason why I loved it and which is why it had to be in the top seven. For me. I struggled to put it at number one and I, I didn't because <laughs> my number one, I actually fell in love with it as an adult. So I, I had to give it to the number two spot without question. Gotcha. Well, well and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, like it's it's such a a good story for uh, for anybody who's mm-hmm. felt out of place, like, you know, having weirdness <laughs> about the Miranda. Um, but uh, yeah, the fact that they, uh, they pulled in that extra level of depth into the traditional kind of story. Yeah. Um, and just the reindeers are just horrible. 
They are horrible. What are you talking about? Yep. It's, it's just like high school. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and the, the fact is, I think it resonates with a lot of people. And I know it resonates with our group just because I, you know, I consider us, everybody, you know, that does the, the uh, 1986 part of a film by and whatever, and all this, you know, a lot of the people that work together at Suncoast, we were misfits. You know, we kind yeah. of, you know, we were film geeks and nerds and whatever. And that, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think people are missing I think a lot of times people miss the point of what that's mm-hmm. actually trying to say. It's it's not really about Christmas. It's about um, being okay with who you are. And, yep. and I think that's more important and it's, yeah, exactly. it's a good choice. Good choice for number two. Absolutely. So, all right. So here we go. Um, we're down to number one. So uh, this one was a big surprise when I saw it in the theater and um, it's it just, it was, I didn't expect it to be this good. Let's just put it that way. So, <laughs> Um, it's, uh, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Ah, um, it's, good one. it was one of those that I saw and I'm like, man, this is really, really funny. And the more I watched it, the more things you pick up, the subtleties throughout the movie and like, you know, the third or fourth time you're watching it, you're realizing that the elves are scattered throughout the entire movie. They're not just, uh, at the North pole. And I love that because now you're all looking for the little pointed ears and looking for the elves <laughs> and, and the glitter on their faces. And the fact that it's a nice explanation about how somebody can literally live for a few hundred years. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and I love that idea that uh, you take um, a workaholic, divorced, you know, husband slash father and turn him into Father Christmas and, mm-hmm. and make it believable. And it makes you uh, believe, you know, I love the characters um, and uh, it's, I don't know, it, it's just one of those that kind of resonates with me. And the whole, I remember that age when you stopped believing in Santa Claus and you had the older kids that were making fun of you, if you still believed and whatever. And I'm going to tell a quick story about believing in Santa Claus. When I was about seven years old, when I lived in California, we would take all of our presents and we drive up to Monterey and have Christmas with our grandparents. So one particular year that I recall, we left the house and all the presents were gone because they were in the car. And we went up, had our Christmas and whatever. We were up there for a few days and we drove back to the house and we got back to the house. There was presents underneath the tree. And at seven years old, that blew my mind. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, Santa came, you know? So of course that extended my belief a few more years. And, um, I, I was like 18 or 19 years old. And I remember telling that story to a friend. I looked at my mom and I go, wait a minute, how'd you guys do that? And she looked at me like I was an idiot. She goes, the guy watching our house, I told him where the presents were. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so it was one of those. And with this, I think this movie, and, and honestly, with the end of uh, Elf as well, um, when they, you know, it everybody sings and the the Christmas spirit launches the, the sleigh and this one when he drops the the uh, the weenie whistle and the mystery date board game down to the end it just makes you really want to believe mm-hmm. and um yeah i just i love this movie it's every year and of course we watch it every year at suncoast and it's one of those that makes it into my rotation and um you know it, there's everything about this movie i enjoy so santa claus is my number one Nice. That's a good pull. Yeah. I mean, we've got a, I usually say in my house, like when my, uh, so we've got kids that, you know, very, there's a big gap between my sons. Um, (laughs) And uh, I remember when my oldest uh, was at a certain age when his belief was a little, uh, and, um, you know, his little brother is sitting there and he's like, oh, but, and I was like, whoa, buddy, if you don't believe, you don't, (laughs) if you don't believe, you don't receive. So that's the rule. Right. So just, check into that program right now. But um, yeah, I, I love the uh, the one thing about that that stands out to me is the building on the mythos that it's mm-hmm. not just like, there is one guy, he is eternal. He's been on the North pole for the, you know, countless number of years, but like other ways that it can be possible. Right. You know? And giving right. other people plausible ways to believe it and buy into it helps to kind of keep that belief going. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I love, I just love the way the, uh, the North pole looks you know, with the, yeah. with the elves and then, you know, is that a bear directing traffic? You know, just stuff like that, <laughs> you know, uh, the hot chocolate, the, you know, it's, there's so much involved in it. And um, I think every year that I watch it again, 
I noticed another thing that I didn't see the other 20 times I watched it prior. So, <laughs> yep. but yeah, anyway, Oh, actually to your point, the, if you don't believe you don't receive when our daughter started to, um, you know, get to that point where she was questioning it, my wife being the, you know, incredibly bright person she is. Um, she looked at her and said, well, it's up to you. You can believe and possibly not get anything, or you can, <laughs> you know, possibly get something or not believe or whatever. It's up to you. What, what do you right. think kind of left it to her? And she was like, no, I believe I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then it came across every few years and she would say something and it's, we kind of left it up to her and we weren't going to, you know, we would, we're going to let her, cause I don't even think we ever had a conversation where she just flat out said, I don't believe anymore. I mean, I mean she's almost 18. Right. So I'm pretty sure she's kind of given up that goat, but uh, <laughs> yeah. either way. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And you know, here I am 50 years old and I still watching some of these movies. I kind of go, God, that'd be really cool though. That'd be yeah. really cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. So Scott, you're number one. Um, well, I got to ask before we get to number one, are there any honorable mentions? If you'd like to, well, we already mentioned the Christmas Chronicles. You go right ahead and mention one if you'd like. Cause um, two that I really wanted to put on the list. One was trading places. Great. Oh, sure that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. That's a great okay. one. Yeah. Such a great one. I mean, just like I'm right now picturing Dan Aykroyd, just like looking <laughs> just past right dirty santa claus like Just chewing, chewing on, on that piece meat. of meat <laughs> absolutely uh but one that i want to kind of bring back for this season is batman returns yes that's a great one mm. that is Which, a great one like there are so many i know it's kind of like is it a christmas movie or is it christmas adjacent uh, whatever who cares it's just a it's a really good movie yes, uh, a lot of associations a lot of memories with that but speaking of memories the one that has to hit my number one <laughs> and my wife would say don't come back in the house if I didn't. <laughs> um, but it's got to be uh, for us. It's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay, it is very good, specifically because of the meaning that it has mm-hmm. to us. Um, we watch it every single year. It is not the season if we don't see it. But it reminds me so much of my father-in-law, uh, Jack Sherlock, uh, because he he had so many Clark-like mannerisms. Uh, that's awesome you know that kind of like enthusiasm like we're gonna do it guys this is gonna be it yeah what Mm -hmm. do you think um and um so it it always makes me think of him um and i remember watching it with him for the first time and with her family and him just howling at that (laughs) movie even though he's seen it before several times just howling at it because he identifies with mm-hmm. the dad going through the, the beats of the season and all hard stuff that gets to it. Right. Um, I think they hit great beats with that, especially um, that idea of kind of uh, passing down the traditions. Mm-hmm. So when right. he's talking to his dad and he's like, dad, how did you do it every year? And he's cool. like, I had a lot of help from Jim B. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Daniels. Or whatever, but Jack Daniels. Yeah. Jack Daniels. But yeah, uh, just, yeah, it's just, amazing so many quotable moments and there are yeah it's still we still howl at it um every single year mm-hmm. heavy right. rotation it's not big it's just full right <laughs> exactly <laughs> holy shit where's the tylenol there i mean yeah. I, yeah you could go on forever on those so you're you really absolutely could. right you're yep. absolutely where are you right. gonna put that tree i'll show you oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good and i believe well, didn't the, julie uh louise dreyfus she was the neighbor wasn't she if I remember yes. yeah and yeah she was amazing todd <laughs> yeah, yeah. Todd. <laughs> they were they were the worst neighbors ever they you know, were they were just yeah. terrible people but yeah it's you know uh i i think i i don't think i know a person that goes through a christmas season without saying Merry Christmas. Shitter's full. You know, I mean, it, it, True. It, yep. you yep. know, it, it's one of those things. I, uh, like I said, it's just such an iconic movie and I don't know. There's, it's just, it, it also brings to back the, how challenging um, bringing all the family together for Christmas can be. And because that's what my Christmases were like when I was little, I used to live in California. Um, Christmas Eve was always on my dad's side, which had upwards of 30 or 40 people. And which was exhausting, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but one, one of the uh, adult men always dressed up as Santa and gave presents to the kids. Mm. And then Christmas day was always my mom's side, which was much more, uh, which just smaller. It was only like uh, six of us. So 
but you know, going through that and having all the family around and, you know, sometimes it's okay. And most of the time there's usually some kind of breakdown in, in, in <laughs> you know, something or other, but yeah, that's, it's such a great movie still. It, 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 does, it never gets old. Never. Gets it doesn't. Old. I yep. still laugh heartily every time I watch it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So David, it's all on you now. What's your number all one? Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going with, a, there, this is number one on a lot of lists. So um, I, I'm not doing that just because it was the number one on a lot of lists. I went with it and I'll explain a little bit why. Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful life is my number one. Okay. All right. Um, and later in years, when I started working at Suncoast and I started getting really into watching more and more movies and going back to the classics and watching the black and whites and stuff like that, um, I fell in love with a movie called Harvey starring right. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yep. And yep. it is, it's in my top five of all time favorite films. I love that movie just because of what is in it, how Jimmy Stewart, you know, was sees the rabbit and, and I, and I, it put me on a path to watch more and more of his movies. Well, of course he did a lot of Westerns and I'm like, okay, fine. But then I watched it's a wonderful life and I really fell in love with it. Yeah. And, you know, and kind of what you mentioned earlier, um, Dayton is that, you know, it's not really a lot of Christmas in it. You know, it's a lot more other involved, you know, different parts of, to- of the, of the year, but the, the, just what's behind it, you know, with obviously the, the famous line is every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings and, you know, those kind of things. And just the emotion that uh, Jimmy Stewart shows at the end when, you know, and it, this is kind of a Christmas carol tale right. because, you know, a, an angel comes from heaven and, you know, shows him what life would have been like with if he wasn't there. But just the, the emotion of, of, of when he erupts at the end. Yeah. Just running through the streets. Merry Christmas. Right. Merry Christmas. Just it, it, it sticks with me to this day. So I didn't find this movie until later in life. But when I did see it, 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 it came on a time that I was getting I was loving Jimmy Stewart's work. And it just stuck with me. And I had to give it to the number one position. Had to. And there's and there's nothing wrong with, you know, with that at all, because the fact is, it is. I mean, it, it's a it, it, it's every year. I mean, it. And it's one of those that I saw later in life too. I was probably in my late, late twenties. The first time I saw it all the way through mm-hmm. and it's a long movie, but it doesn't feel yeah. long. You know what I mean? It goes through a big chunk of his life and then yep. you see a lot of important things. And I mean, it's been, you know, married with children did an episode where they did the whole, you know, it would be life would be better without me. And so many other TV shows have done it too. And it, there's good reason because mm-hmm. It's a great movie. The fact that it failed at the box office when it was first released, and then you know the rights, you know, were lost, and then somebody else picked it up, which is why it was shown on TV so much, yep. and then eventually you know got picked up again. But it's a great movie, and the whole ending, like when everybody shows up at the house and they're all you know you know bringing money to help save the bank, and they toast him, you know the richest you know the richest guy I know, and it's just it's just such a great, great ending. And it, mm-hmm. and it does reinforce what really is important. And it's, that's a great number one choice. And I'm glad yeah. it was a classic that you chose because, yeah. you know, cause yeah. why not? You know? Right. Right. So I do want to mention before we go any further. So this is not really an honorable mention and I would never, <laughs> ever put it in a top 10 or anything like that, but have either one of you seen a movie called rare exports? No. Okay. So do me a favor sometime this holiday season, Go find it and watch it. I last year I've got it on Blu-ray. Um, last year I believe it was on either Amazon or Hulu. One of them had it last year around the holidays. I watch it every year. Okay, it is a very unusual movie. It's a foreign film. Uh, it's from Finland, um, and it's about an archaeological dig who are they're uncovering something in Finland, and this little boy finds out uh, something's going on. And all of a sudden, like uh, deer start getting killed off and like stuff is really, really weird happening. Well, comes to find out um, it's Santa Claus they're trying to find. <laughs> and there's a there's more to this Santa Claus than you've ever seen. And okay. there's a reason why it's called Rare Exports. I don't want to ruin it for you, because when I saw this, I didn't know anything about it. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Got a kick out it. And I watch it every Christmas. All so right. watch it, please. All right. Well, I will definitely check that out. Add that to my, my list. So, all right. Well, anybody have any final words on our, our list here? I think no, this is a good time. I love this. Yeah. I, I got to say, cause David put it in my brain at the end of it's a wonderful life. Don't they sing old anxiety? Uh, uh, I believe so. Which yeah, I, so- which, 
which I actually hate that song, but but <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me think, and I know it's not, you know, it's not quite a, a, well, it doesn't fit on a Christmas list, I guess, but right after, you know, Christmas season, when Harry met Sally have to watch oh, it there, that could be a christmas movie because they, could be they, they have multiple christmas you know episodes and new year's eve episodes so no that would i True. would totally put that as a christmas but that's movie. always yeah. the new year's yeah. eve but yeah this is a great idea this is a great way to get into the uh into the season i've got a lot of new ones that i have to to look up yeah, and me some too. others that i gotta dust off yep yeah all right well i want to thank you scott for joining me it has been great yep thank you and uh david of course it's been a pleasure as always Absolutely. And I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy holidays. And uh, just, I want to thank you guys. And I want to thank all of our listeners out there. Um, Get on uh, social media, go on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what your uh, favorite Christmas movies or holiday movies are. Something you have to watch every year. Uh, Maybe there's something that you put on the list that we haven't seen and we'll check out. So, and uh, just remember a lot of times, for some people, the holiday season is kind of a challenge. Uh, some people spend it alone. Some people just don't deal with it very well. So checking on your neighbors, checking on your friends, uh, checking on your family you haven't talked to in a while. Because remember, we are all in this together, um, even though sometimes it feels like we are alone, but we are not. Uh, so keep that in mind next time you're uh, walking through your neighborhood and whatever. Check somebody out on Facebook to see how they're doing. And if you decide to watch any of these uh, on our list, just remember when it comes down to watching movies, And listening to music, physical media is always better than streaming. Thanks for listening. (laughs) This has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast. Opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 podcast. Or you can send us an email. DockingBay77podcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>